This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. Once again, today we're in the realm of Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We are going to talk elk this time around. The Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation's Paul Bunyan Chapter Annual Banquet is coming up next Saturday. Brad Fitzgerald has the details on that and what the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is all about. Plus, we do delve into fishing a little bit. We do have a Lake of the Week from over in the Aiken area. I'm Jason Durham, the smarter and better-looking Jason, and this is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Well, today on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, uh, we continue to get ready for different types of hunting seasons and and uh, get away from the fish a little bit this week because we're kind of getting into that season now. We have Brad Fitzgerald joining us. He's a volunteer with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Paul Bunyan Chapter. And Brad, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, let's start with a Paul Bunyan Chapter of the Rocky Mountain Elks Foundation. That seems a little odd being Paul Bunyan Country is here. Rocky Mountains are a long ways away. So how does that work? Yeah, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation is is a nationwide um, organization that that simply supports public land, the elk, and and everything that runs on public land. You know, we're blessed in Paul Bunyan country to have a lot of public land to to take care of, and we even have a a uh, small but but prolific elk elk herd in mm-hmm. northwestern Minnesota here, and and some potential to grow that herd throughout the state in different areas. So we're we're just here to, to support that cause and to uh, ensure that, that everybody has the ability to hunt elk at some point in their life, whether that's in Minnesota or other states. And it's a nationwide organization that makes sure that that happens. So, yeah, so you're not just, you know, raising money to help everybody out in the Rocky Mountain area. You're, you're, you're also advocating to help uh, increase those elk numbers here in the state of Minnesota. Absolutely. Locally as well. And, and you know, we have a, a little bit of a close correlation with the youth in the area too with some of the trap teams and other areas like that so we do uh, support our local area as well as the greater the greater elk all throughout the united states and canada a little bit so so brad i assume you do some elk hunting so uh how did you get involved in elk hunting and what is it uh, that you like so much about it yeah i've I've uh, been fortunate enough to get out to a couple states and chase elk around, and it's been a good time. I enjoy, you know, kind of the serenity of of that is uh, elk. I have not um, had the the prototypical success, if you will, of <laughs> bagging that that elk that everybody dreams about. But you know, hopefully in the future that can happen. Uh, as f- as far as how I got involved, uh, I've been coming to the Bemidji you know, Paul Bunyan Chapter Banquet for quite a few years, and it's just such a, a well-organized banquet that I really wanted to get involved and help contribute and feed the mission of, of uh, putting more elk on the landscape. Okay, so you've got that uh, banquet coming up very soon, actually. Indeed, yeah. On August 19th, uh, Saturday at the Eagles, we will be pr- doing our banquet uh, Starting with a social hour at 5 p.m., so come and, and start participating in some of our raffles if you like and have a little fun, and then we, we serve the famous Eagles prime rib dinner starting around 6.30. Okay. Um, and uh, how much are tickets, and where do we get them? So you can go to uh, rmef.org shop Paul Bunyan. You can find it there. Just type it into the Google machine, and you'll find this no problem. Or you can call... Uh, a couple different numbers. Uh, I'll give you mine, 218-407-2500, and we can get you set up with some tickets or, or tell you how. 
And they are all across the board with uh, dinner tickets starting at $45, and you can go up for sponsorship package is up there. We have no limit if you want to. <laughs> if you want to donate, uh, you know the, the bank account. Go for it. We'll we'll gladly accept. All right. So rmef dot org slash shop slash Paul Bunyan slash shop slash Paul Bunyan. Okay. The, the, the website's pretty easy uh, as far as functionality goes. Just go there and you can type in Bemidji and away it pops up. So the uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Paul Bunyan Country Chapter. About how many members are there? Do you know? Boy, we have uh, generally everybody that comes to the banquet applies for membership. Um, so if you if you take that into account, there's probably pushing 100 to 150 members and and growing. So gladly accepting more all the time. Are there things beyond the banquet that you do, or is that just the main thing that the, the chapter focuses on? That's the main thing that the chapter focuses on is, is the banquet, and then um, you know just just some ancillary projects throughout the year as they come up. You know, within the the whole state, kind of working together for different causes. So, but public land is a big thing for you, uh, much like uh, Ducks Unlimited and some of the other organizations, uh, because that's that's kind of a key way to maintain habitat and and help them grow uh, any other efforts or concerns amongst those in the uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation that you're fighting for yeah uh, the big piece is is um, access to the public land you know that's what RMEF is really pushing for right now uh, we have we have a substantial amount of public land throughout all of the United States and some of that is landlocked by private land so if we were to just gain you know, maybe opening a quarter of an acre could open the easement, if you will, to, to tens of thousands of acres of public land. So that's a big drive. And then, of course, the, the secondary part is youth. You know, um, we, we can't rely on um, the existing pool of hunters to sustain this, uh, to sustain this effort and, and ultimately sustain the animal. We have to get youth involved and, and energized and invigorated. And, and as we continue to, to build that younger age pool of interested hunters, we, we continue to build the success down the road. Is there any concerns about elk populations at the moment? There are different concerns um, for sure. As, as some of the, the cities in the mountain states where elk are more, or more prominent grow, you know, that cuts off migration routes. So really shoring up these migration routes and you know, in some cases building those overpasses that are mm-hmm. wildlife only, you know, those have uh, proven to work quite well. So uh, in, in particular migration corridors, that's a big, a big point. Okay. So. Um, again, you, you, uh, you got involved in it just because you started going to the banquet. Um, if people are interested, what's the best route for them to to get involved yeah come come to the banquet and say i'm interested in helping out and i'm sure we can find a job for you that night and <laughs> try to keep you on the contact list moving forward so i know you got games you got uh, raffles uh what all, what all could we win so a, a big one that that is unique to the chapter is a large 50 gun raffle where there's only 2500 tickets available it's 20 dollars a ticket uh there's signs all throughout the the community in different areas and i know you can pick them up at uh, northwoods bait at ray's sport and marine specifically those two places or you can contact somebody at the chapter and we'd be glad to help you out but there are um, some amazing firearms on this 50 gun this year and um, that's that is kind of the highlight if you will of of our chapter banquet but there are numerous other ways that you can win anything anything that you could possibly ever need in the outdoors so if you are wanting to become an elk hunter we can get you outfitted that night just by winning a few things Mm -hmm. 
When did you do your first elk hunt? So I did my first elk hunt in 2015 in Montana. Uh, and we'll just categorize that one as a well-learned lesson. Okay. <laughs> so I, uh, it, was, it was successful in all the ways except for punching the tag. Okay. So, <laughs> um, but my, my most successful elk hunts have been mostly in Colorado, um, in the northwest side of Colorado, on over-the-counter uh, hunts, and it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's amazing to go and learn about different country a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, we, we live in the land of tree stand for the most part in this area. Uh, I thought some of that would maybe translate out west if I'm just patient. Uh, patience is important. Finding them is more. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, why elk? What is it uh, that is so appealing about that animal? Because so, I know a lot of people who are into it. Yeah, yeah. During certain times of the year, elk, you know, it's, it's almost like turkey hunting where they talk back to you a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, a whitetail, if you say anything to them, they run away and they, they run very far. Uh, whereas elk are a little more reactive that way. So it's, you know, it's got a little bit of a, a turkey hunting and, and duck hunting feel to it in, in the fact that you can do something right to make them come towards you. Whereas it's totally different than duck and turkey hunting. If you, if you screw it up, they're gone. I mean, they're gone out of the county, potentially gone. Yeah. Uh, it's, really, it's really exciting that way. It's totally different, um, and it's different in, in different geographic regions, too. I know if you get down to the southwest part of the United States, you know, hunting them on, on the big plains and in the mountains of, of desert area is totally different than, than the thick aspen and, and conifer forests of you know, the, the prototypical Rocky Mountains of Wyoming, right. Colorado, Montana, Idaho. Okay. So uh, where do most people like to uh, hunt elk as far as the Rockies go? Do they prefer Colorado? What, what's the best place? Yeah, Colorado is probably the, the top place right now because you can still get over-the-counter licenses. You know, Idaho okay. used to be over-the-counter, but that's since had a, a allocation allotment on it. Um, so I think if anybody that is a big elk hunter or would like to be a big elk, elk hunter could choose, they'd probably go to Arizona. Arizona has the biggest elk, but you know, frankly, if you get in on the Minnesota lottery and you win, the odds of getting a you know a world class elk are pretty good. You know, uh, our herd is small; the odds of getting drawn are smaller. So, you know, I have lots of people in my network that apply every year that are going to be very upset. I said this over the radio, but hey, contribute contribute to the elk. You know, the more we put out, the more people we have interested in tags, maybe the more more elk we can put on the landscape right yeah um i mean there's got to be i suppose a specific terrain a specific um land area that works best for an elk herd actually they're very adaptable uh they they started reestablishing the herd in kentucky and now if memory serves kentucky is issuing the second most permits available out of any state you know and that's totally reintroduced uh, uh, reclaiming from from the mining out there with coal and whatnot, they're really establishing to that land well. Uh, you know, Wisconsin and the North Side is is establishing an elk herd very very well, and then you have all the way down into Arizona in the desert. So, as long as they can find food and water and a little bit of shelter to get away from uh, you know the predators or the humans and the traffic, they really are adaptable. Okay. Uh, and there's uh, you know, the different subspecies out there that that kind of thrive in different areas, whether that's the, the coastal rainforests of, of um, Washington and Oregon all the way into 
Canada and Alaska or, you know, the plains. And okay. so they were everywhere. They were as prolific as, as whitetail at one time. Okay. Well, uh, once again, the event is coming up next Saturday. That's August 19th. Social Hour at 5 dinner at 630 Prime Rib from the Bemidji Eagles Club. Tickets available once again where? Online at rmef.org. Shop Paul Bunyan. All right. He's Brad Fitzgerald, a volunteer with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Paul Bunyan Chapter. Again, the banquet next Saturday, the 19th. Get your tickets now. Brad Fitzgerald, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Kev. Really appreciate it. Thanks for all you do. Up next, we're headed down to Aiken for our latest Lake of the Week. Rick Brusewitz joins us next on Fish and Paul Bunyan Country. Hi, I'm Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service. Get hooked on Bemidji this summer where you can catch fish as legendary as Paul Bunyan himself. From panfish and walleye to pike, bass, and the elusive muskie, Bemidji provides an exceptional fishing opportunity for all. Immerse yourself in the Northwoods setting and experience the natural wildlife Bemidji has to offer. Find out more at visitbemidji.com. Bemidji points to Hi, this is Nate Blazing with the Nissel Guide League, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoor. Lake of the Hey, it's Lake of the Weekday. Once again, we're going to go Lakes of the Week today with Rick Brusewitz out of the Aiken Area Fisheries Office. Bruce, welcome back. Hey, uh, thanks Bruce for having me, Kev. Rick. Appreciate being here. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, that's a common mistake. It's the best. <laughs> last name is catchy. So Bruce, you know, I, 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 I've had coworkers that have called me Bruce for uh, 15 years. So, uh, Section 10 and Section 12. i got to start with the question you may not know the answer to. How do these na- these lakes get the name Section 10 and Section 12? <laughs> I, I, okay, I don't know, but I would guess that they are in, for that township, Section 10 and Section 12. That would be just my guess. Um, uh, uh, otherwise, I don't know. Uh, Section 10 actually has an alternate name. It's also known as Vladimirov Lake. Vladimirov. Uh, which Vladimirov with a W. <laughs> oh. So it, it sounds it sounds uh, uh, a, a little more unique than than Section Ten. Yeah, it sounds very Russian, actually. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so so here's the weird thing, Rick. When I was uh, I, I made the list for you, of course, and then I got, went back and I was gathering up the information. So I was on the website, uh, DNR website. I type in Section Ten and the, find them. There's more than one Section Ten lake in the state. It's unbelievable. There's only one? No, there's another one named Section 10. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, I just did Section 12, and there was multiple Section 12s also. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I think the cartographer might have uh, uh, just, you know, ran out of uh, uh, imagination <laughs> or something for some of these. All right. Or well, maybe they, did, maybe they didn't have a name, and the cartographer had to give the name. Um, sure. Before they were developed or or, or such, so okay. we can hypothesize that all day. <laughs> well, they're they're uh, they're basically right across the road from each other, and they're uh, very small lakes. Uh, and looks like again, like so many we talk about around here, uh, just fun little places to stop and uh, try to catch some uh, some some biting panfish, uh, and, you know, and uh, northerns. Oh, oh yeah, and and, and bass. And bass. Uh, yeah. There is a, a lot of bass, uh, especially on uh, on Section Ten Lake. Uh, Vladimirov has uh, has a pretty high density of bass. Um, 
probably more so than, than Section 12. So uh, that's that's something to consider, too. So they both, uh, again, like they're, they're right next to each other. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, getting on those lakes. I am assuming that they both have an access? Um, yes, they do. And, and the accesses are, are uh, again, these are a little bit tucked away. Um, so they are uh, east and, and a little south of Aiken. Um, and the best way to get is get there is uh, to, to get to Aiken, take Highway 47 east, and then uh, uh, south and east on County Road 12. And then you're going to have to take a you know, tiny little uh, uh, township road, uh, um, I don't know, that's probably about five miles down. Um, uh, in order to get there. I, again, if you're looking to find it, uh, Google it, uh, and you should be able to spot it on your uh, on your maps program. Okay. Um, I, I just always like talking about these small little lakes that, very, that you often don't talk about or think about uh, because I, I just think they're fun to go check out. Uh, I'm assuming these uh, tucked away lakes are kind of quiet, kind of fun, kind of unique. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the... the I, I section ten lake is a has a lot of bulrush beds, large big sand flats, uh, um, uh, offering a lot of habitat for panfish and bass. And um, and it's got like you said, panfish and bass. We got some northerns. We got some crappies. Do we see good sizes on those lakes? Um, as far as the uh, um, well, let me let me just take a peek here quick. Um, I was going to say, as far as the pike goes, not necessarily. These are a little bit smaller, hammer handle style lakes, uh, more so than anything. Um, I think the the best quality is probably going to be in in the bass, okay. and the sun sunfish certainly in uh, in uh, Vladimir off section ten, um, uh, as well as some uh, uh, numbers of crappie. Crappie maybe a, a little nicer in section twelve. Okay. Um, so what do you think about uh, any concerns? I mean, we've, we've talked about AIS on a number of lakes. The, these smaller lakes tucked away tend to be a little in a little better shape in that regard than the more populous ones. Is that the case here? Well, yeah, there, we, we don't have anything listed for these lakes yet. Um, again, so, you know, be, be careful, especially going in from coming from somewhere else. Um, uh, it, it's all up to, to you, basically, to, to uh, protect these waters. So, um, yeah, at this, at this point in time, no. And yeah, you're right. I mean, these are these are pretty quiet lakes, relatively speaking. Um, they uh, they don't uh, get a ton of pressure. Um, uh, parking lot sizes are are not real giant there either, so they just couldn't take very much pressure. Well, I mean, I've been looking at these lakes, and it's uh, interesting. Uh, there, there's some differences, like Section 10, for example, you know, has a maximum depth of 17 feet, mean depth of 7 feet, and average water clarity of 6.3, so you can see a long way down. Yes. Yep, yep. Section 12, is a, it, it does get a little bit deeper in spots. It does, yeah. It's got a little bit of depth, and uh, I, I think that's why maybe it's a little better of a crappie lake. Um, but uh, they're... You know, what, what's interesting with Section 10 and that large expanse is it's, you know, constantly being being mixed uh, uh, from wave action. So, um, if again, if we are looking to try them out, just take a look at them, where will we find them? 
Oh, they're just uh, east and a little bit of south of Aiken. Um, you'll have to come in from uh, Highway 47 uh, and then off of uh, uh, County Road 12 uh, in order to, uh, to to find your way there. Actually, it's County Road 17. My bad. County Road 17. Yeah. All right. And I'm assuming they do not get a ton of pressure. No, they're uh, relatively quiet lakes with very little uh, fishing effort to, to speak of. He is Rick Brusewitz. He's the uh, Aiken Area Fisheries Supervisor, giving us the scoop on Section 10 and Section 12 lakes. Rick, thanks for being here today. Hey, you bet, Kev. Thanks for having me. Now we're going fishing for Banyan Country.